Thank you for joining us today in Crosswalk. We're really glad you're here. It's kind of a bittersweet day for us in the house. Um, many of you, if you watched the hour prior, we said farewell to our beloved Scott and Reagan that we love so much. Um, we wish them well, and I want to acknowledge what a huge part they have played in the life of Crosswalk. Crosswalk has been around a little while, and we thank them so much for, the, for all that they've done here at Lover's Lane. We love you, Scott. We love you, Reagan. We're forever thankful for you, and we are excited to see what God does in your ministry. There is no doubt. There is no doubt. Scott's going to need a little help, but Reagan is going to be awesome. We have no doubt about that. Girl power, Reagan, and we love you so much. Happy Father's Day! Dads, uncles, brothers, cousins, whoever that is in your life that has been a hero to you, happy Father's Day to you. For me, my hero has always been my daddy. My daddy was about 6'5". Do not look at me and wonder because everybody wonders why I'm as short. If it weren't for big hair and high heels, I would be in so much trouble. My dad was 6'5", and he was the shortest of his brothers. My grandmother passed away at 97 years old at six foot tall. So I come from the Valley of the Giants, and then there's me. Follow the yellow brick road, right? But my daddy was big in stature, but my daddy was big in my life. And a lot of who I am today is because of my dad. I've thought a lot about him this week because obviously it is Father's Day. There were so many things I loved about my dad. But one thing I really loved was that he was a father to so many people. So much so that people called him Daddy Large. That was his nickname. Everybody to this day calls him Daddy Large. When people were having a rough time or down on their luck, they knew they could call my dad. My dad always had the same, which many of you have heard, but he meant it. Some situations, you just got to take the lemons and you got to make some good old lemon tea. And my dad was really good at showing you how to make some really good lemon tea. He never quit believing, though, that the greater good would happen. Whatever you were going through, wherever you were, my dad never quit believing that God would work it out. So today we're going to be looking at part of the story of Joseph that I love. This is one of my favorite parts for so many reasons who also reminds me of my dad. <laughs> he was the patriarch to the nations of people. And he always believed that God would lead them to the promised land even when times were rough. And we know from Exodus, when it tells us that when Pharaoh stubbornly refused, and this comes from Exodus 13, 15, refused to let us go, the Lord killed the firstborn of both people and animals in Egypt. This is why it was important to know the history, right? They're in bondage in Egypt, trying to still get to the promised land. Pharaoh wasn't having it. So then we get to Genesis, and we're going to come back to Pharaoh here in a minute. But I want to get to the really good part of the story, and then we're going to put it all together. It's going to be good. I love this. So we're going to start at Genesis. If you have your Bible... Genesis chapter 50, and we're going to start at verse 24. That's Genesis 50, verse 24. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I'm about to die. Wait, what? 
I'm about to die. But God will surely come to your aid and take you up out of this land to the land he promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Joseph made the Israelites swear an oath and said, God will surely come to your aid and then you must carry my bones up from this place. So Joseph died at the age of 110. And after they embalmed him, and he was placed in a coffin in Egypt. See, Joseph reminds us that there are those in the scripture that not only lived their faith, but they died living into their faith. Believing that the promised land was just in sight, that redemption would come. So today I want to take this story for just a moment. And I want to put it in three sections. Our past, our present, and our future. God's promise from the past. God's promise from the past. You see, Joseph was the one we've written many songs about. The beautiful coat of many colors. This is the same Joseph that his brothers had thrown him away. Through a period of probably 23 to 25 years in Joseph's life, he was thrown in prison. Many of you already know that story, what it was like. He became the favorite. Then all we know is history moves us to a place where all of a sudden, Joseph went from being thrown away, thrown into prison, to he is second in command. good part of this story is that when we get to the little bit before the end is that then his brothers that threw him away have to come to him right they have to say to him we need your help they knew they would die and what does Joseph do Joseph gives everything he can and he saves the same family that threw him away It would have also been easy for Joseph to say to Egypt, this is your home now. He was a man of great prominence in Egypt, so staying in Egypt would have been comfortable. But what Joseph knew is that Canaan was in sight. It wasn't far, and God's promises would be fulfilled. Your past is simply that, right? When we're walking like Joseph did, if we look back, why are we looking back? We're not going that way because it is simply our past. And Joseph knew that what had happened to him that even brought him to the moment of second in command was not the end of the story. Joseph knew that the story was going to get better. Did God make provision? Did God see him through? Was God there through everything that he had gone through, even from losing family to gaining family back? Yes. But Joseph knew that his past wasn't where it was at. Then the story kind of brings us to his present. Then we get to this passage that we just read today, and we know from our Exodus passage that what is going on is bondage. Now think about this for a minute. 
held to a place of you can do what you want as long as you do it this way. They're not in the promised land yet. Joseph is close to death, and he tells his brothers, listen, I know I'm about to die, but God will be with you. He will deliver you into the land of Israel as he promised. Take my body into Israel, into the promised land. I find it interesting because keep in mind, these are the same brothers that threw him away. But times have changed by now. And he's looking at them and he's saying, I'm trusting you to take my bones into the promised land. Curses of yesterday can go on and on if we do not allow them to be broken. If we do not allow forgiveness to take us into our future. The future was promised to get better. But how will it get better if we're still holding on to yesterday? So how would have Joseph's future been better if he'd have held on to what his brothers did to him years ago? There was a whole lot of forgiveness. And there was a whole lot of moving forward. God is in the midst of the right now. Even in what we do not understand, even in the places that seem impossible, covid Racial tension, finances. And I don't know about you, the hard part for me is the unknown. What I don't know that's in front of me. But God's promises are still true. And he is still working it all out for our good. And he will take us. Get a load of this. He will take us, and that's all of you, to the land of Canaan. God's promises are also in the future. Here's the good part. Guess what? They took Joseph's body into the land of Israel. God's promises are true. He will bring you out of the lands that have bound you and kept you in dry places. He will deliver you from the places where others have thrown you. He will bring you through places that seem to last so long. I don't know about you, but right now has seemed like it has lasted forever. Joseph knew that God is the Lord of the living. Joseph knew God would fulfill his promise. Joseph knew that the same God that brought him through a life he did not ask for, he didn't ask to be thrown away. He didn't ask to be thrown in prison. He didn't even get asked to be second in command. Are we living in the past, holding grudges of yesterday? Are we living in fear right now of what is going on in the present? Is our faith living in such a way that it says, take these bones to Israel because I want to be buried in Israel, in the promised land? Are we living in such a way that we believe that God will deliver? Are we carrying wounds of our past or our present? That will sink into our future. I love this story. Because there are seasons in life. That we don't understand. There are seasons in life that not only do we not understand. When we do begin to understand them they don't make any sense. 
I'm sure Joseph sat many times going, what am I supposed to do with this? Where do I go with this? What do I do with these dry bones in my life? Where do I take these dry bones in my life? As I close, I want to share something with you that has been heavy on my heart all week. When I think about where we are right now, in the midst of this racial awakening, because that's what I think it is. These issues of racial inequality that we've all become aware of or more tuned into or more passionate about, they aren't new. It didn't just happen in the past couple of weeks. Just because the light bulb has finally gone off for all of us white folk, listen, that doesn't mean these issues haven't been around for a really, 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 long time. That's what makes this issue so complicated. It involves our past, our personal past, our nation's past, our ancestors' past. It involves our present right now. The daily stories we see in the news of abuse of power or the stories we hear from our friends of color that we had no idea They were enduring acts of oppression every day. Whether big or small, and maybe more than anything else, it involves our future. Listen to me. It involves all of us. How are we going to come out of this better than we went into it? Sometimes the challenge and challenges of overcoming racial inequality seems so complicated and so overwhelming that I just want to throw my hands up in the air and go, I don't know what to do anymore. But Joseph's story shows us that there is hope. Even in the darkest of times, we can find the promised land. Even when the wounds of our past and the fear of our present threaten the promise of our future, God is always present. When we start to forgive one another for the sins of our past and we listen to one another, God will break the bonds that are holding us here and bringing us into the future. But here's the thing. I love history. But Joseph wasn't content to live in his present. Harriet Tubman She wasn't content to live in her present. Martin Luther King, he wasn't content to live in his present. None of them lived to see the promised land they dreamed of. But they didn't have to see it to believe that it existed. Now listen, there's no theology. There's nothing in the world that can explain what it means to walk by faith and know that God is moving, whether you see it, understand it, or get it. You just have to know that walking by faith is sometimes all we have to hold on to. But when we walk by faith that is not holding on to us, but is holding on to him, we begin to see God move. And we begin to see God do things. 
in a way that only God can do. And they walked in faith, believing that God would deliver them to the promised land at some point. They didn't give up. They didn't give in, and they kept on fighting. And right now, some of us are tired, and we don't feel like fighting anymore because we don't know what to do. But just because we don't know what to do doesn't mean we quit fighting. We may not live to see the promised land here, whether that's racial equality for for everyone, for everyone, full rights for our LGBTQ plus friends and family. Maybe for you today, it's restored relationships with your father, your mother, your siblings, or your children. But that doesn't give us any excuse to not believe that God will deliver us and that his promises are true and that his promises will be fulfilled. But don't forget, we're all here. We're all here. That doesn't exclude you. That doesn't exclude me. We are all here to help make that happen. Just like my dad. Turning those moments that were nasty lemons into some good lemon tea. You have an opportunity to make the best lemon tea. You have an opportunity to change generational curses. Just because what we were taught in our past doesn't mean it has to live into our future. And letting that go, I know, is not easy. But living by faith is worth it. Break those curses. Break those chains and move into your future knowing that you can be the reason that someone smiles. You can be the reason that someone knows that God loves them. You can be the reason that this world changes. One person at a time, one prayer at a time. One faith believing at a time. We serve the way maker. We serve the God that will be there, that will never let go, that will hold us securely, that will bring us from times of bondage to putting a second in command to sending our bones into the promised land. Because Canaan is in sight. It's coming. And it begins and ends with you and me. It's coming.